0: Let's look ahead to Monday. Waiver Wire stream ads, injury updates, 11 games are on. Let's pay some attention to the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm a single banger in the streets and a double banger in the sheets. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always. At Redrock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at Redrock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePix.com slash Locked On NBA and use the code all lowercase Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Become a double banger like me. Watch the show on YouTube, subscribe, thumbs up, but also listen on audio. Get both of them covered. Easy. Even if you don't listen or watch, just have it play through on the background. Hit one of my playlists on YouTube, just play it through for 24 hours in a row. I'm sure that'll work well. All right, let's talk Monday, 11 games on. Some of you won't be able to stream, some of you will. 11 games is probably a little bit too far to considering a streaming day, but you never know. Injuries might have uh, crept up for you, you might have an open spot. So we're going to talk about just the interesting things that we need to pay attention to across all of the games on uh, on Monday, 11 games, starting week nine. Remember, a short week. So if you've got games caps, like in Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, um, you won't probably be running into too many issues with going over that. So make sure you're getting guys in early. You don't have to make as many start and sit decisions. Let's look at injuries. Um, in as, as as always, I'm recording this at 5.15 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. So, different injury updates are going to come in after I do this. Ooh, oh, there were some changes. All right. Some big ones just dropped. Um, Jalen Smith and Andrew Nempard are out for the Indiana Pacers. So, we got that news. Uh, although you know that one. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, they are out. Zach Levine and LaMelo Ball are out. Jalen Duran, Jalen Johnson, these guys are out. Jamarant, it is his final game of his suspension, so he'll be back on Tuesday. I'm going to guess that Marcus Smart and the Duck, Luke Kennard, are both out. We don't have anything official on that, but I do expect those guys to be out. Kyrie Irving is out for Dallas. Uh, We're guessing there as well. Josh Green is almost definitely going to be out. Ben Simmons is out. Dennis Smith is out. Lonnie Walker is out. We expect Keontae George is out. DeLon Wright Wright should be out. They've got a back-to-back though, so we don't know 100%. I, I haven't heard anything that he's returning, so I'm going to guess that he's out. And Then we get into the interesting ones. Tory Craig is doubtful. I had Bam listed as doubtful, but he's in. Bam is in. And so is his teammate, Tyler Hero. They both came back on the same day. So that's a little surprising. But Kyle Lowry is out. So some changes to their injury report. Soreness for Lowry, okay? But Bam and Hero are back. We are going to see a lot of those stream options wiped off. With Lowry out, it does boost some, you know, we might get some there with Huck Ayres and Richardson and, and Robin Duncan Robinson holding on, but we are going to see some big changes there in Miami. Mark Williams is now officially doubtful. I'm listing Derek Lively as doubtful, but I haven't heard anything official on that. Tyrese Halliburton missed the last game with a knee issue. It doesn't appear that it's anything serious, but he's currently, I've got him listed questionable. Tate and Thompson are both questionable for Sunday's game. Um... So, I uh, mean, Thompson, that is, of course. So, maybe they're available for Monday. We don't know. Alex Caruso is officially questionable for the Bulls. We just can't mess with this guy until we get a few games strung together. I had Tyler Hero there as questionable. I thought we might be looking for him to return, but he is in. He is playing. Jaden McDaniels is or left the last game, so we've got him listed questionable. Gordon Haywood is officially questionable now for the Hornets. Terry Rogier has been upgraded to probable. Um, after he left the last game early as well. So PJ Washington is also listed questionable officially for the Hornets. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Clint Capella are both officially questionable for the Atlanta Hawks. Isaiah Stewart missed the last game for the Pistons. He's questionable. If he is out, it looks like we're going James Wiseman. But again, I'd love to see what they do if Stewart is actually healthy. Derek Rose, questionable. Rashawn Holmes, questionable. Now, Rashawn Holmes' question was important because if Lively doesn't play as we expect... Do they go with Powell? Do they go with Holmes? Is it a minute split? I don't think I'd be using either of them. But if Holmes is out, Kleber's out, Lively's out, Powell's going to have to play quite a bit. And they're going to go really small with Grant Williams at center, which also opens up some interesting things for deeper formats. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, questionable for the Nuggets with a head issue. Dorian Finney-Smith missed the last game, questionable for the Nets. Johnny Collins and Omer Yurtseven for the, um, uh, what do you call them, the Jazz. That obviously changes a lot because that's two big men hasn't really helped Walker Kessler, but it's helped get a little bit more of Kali and Taylor Hendricks in that scenario. And then the other big one there is De'Aaron Fox. Keon Ellis was the guy that started in his place. He, of course, got ejected, but he's at least a deeper league stream, not Davion Mitchell. Um, and Anthony Davis is questionable for the Lakers. He missed the last game. I'd be very, very shocked if Davis sits this one out, but... Got to list him there because he missed. And then Cam Reddish and D'Angelo Russell both missed the last game. I expect they return. I am currently just listing Gabe Vincent as questionable. I think he's probably closer to the doubtful side of things there, but his return is going to be coming soon. And that then further complicates the Prince, Reddish, Rui, Vando, uh, probably not Reeves, but even D'Angelo Russell minutes just extra rotation guys to get in the mix. So we do have, with 11 games on, quite a few injuries that could change quite a bit in terms of um, things opening up. But I am, honestly, just as I hit record on this, I just saw that news on that BAM and Hero thing. Um, so yeah, that is that is something that we, uh, that we need to pay attention to and it will change some of our outlook on things. Today's episode is brought to you by... Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You don't have to worry about salary caps. You don't have to worry about thousands of people. It's you and the projections. That's it. They chuck a number up. Derek Jones Jr. Blocks. And you go, huh, feels like a DJJ game. Maybe he plays some center if Lively and homes are out. And then you go more. And you find between two to six of those individual player projections. You throw them into an entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. That means you can turn 10 or 100 bucks into 250 or even 2,500. That's how 25 times works. They've also got these combo ones as well where you can do it cross sport. They'll, they'll say, like, a Travis Kelsey receptions plus LeBron James threes will set them at 10. You go, uh, less or more, whatever it is. And they can put those in as well. Just constantly mixing it up, changing the game. They've also got the reboot policy. So if a player gets injured in football or basketball in the first half, doesn't come back in the second, that player gets rebooted, all caps. So you don't have to worry about begging for voids through prize Picks. You just get that player rebooted straight after um, if they don't return in the second half. So go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is is slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LOCKEDONNBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, um, let's look at who's got a back-to-back. It's only the Grizzlies Monday, Tuesday. And Ja Morant is going to return on Tuesday. We might have Marcus Smart or Luke Kennard back for one of those games as well. Probably, I would say... The Tuesday game there, and that means their whole rotation is up shit creek. Their rotation's been up shit creek every game. Anyway, they, they change things until one plays 17 minutes, 6 minutes, 0 minutes. Aldama starts, Roddy starts, Roddy plays 30, Roddy plays 20. Um, Rose or Gilead, they have changed their lineup and rotation every single game. Nothing is settled whatsoever with that team. And then we potentially get a bunch of guys back on Tuesday. So it's really hard to get excited about that. While they've got a good schedule a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday combo, with all of these guys that could filter back in and some definitely filtering back in, it's hard to sort of pinpoint who I want or who you would want, making it really tough to get excited about um, the stream options with the Grizzlies there. In terms of the streams of the day, I am going to go at 10-team with Big Dick Nick Richards because Mark Williams is doubtful again. This is the Hornets. This is the most frustrating franchise in the NBA in terms of injury reporting. They tell us nothing. In fact, no, they don't. They tell us something, and it's a lie every time. Doubtful. You know that this man is injured. You know what is wrong. Tell us, you slimy pricks. It is really frustrating. It must be frustrating for the players. It is. We know because Gordon Hayward and his wife told us. It must be frustrating for the fans. I know because they've said it to me. And it must be frustrating for me because I know because I'm me. That is the, some might say I'm him. I'm definitely not him. I'm just me. Anyway, 12-team stream is, what am I talking about? Isaiah Hartenstein is playing as a backup, but it doesn't matter because he plays starters minutes. He's a good 12-team stream. I've got Derek Jones as a 14-team stream for uh, Monday's action with Kyrie and Josh Green, expected to be out. We've got Vincey Williams as a 16 teamer. He is rostered nowhere. He's a two-way guy. He's probably going to start. I don't expect that Smart or Kanata going to play. Why wouldn't you? He's a very good deep league guy, and then for points leagues, it is Nick Richards, Yahoo, and ESPN as a pretty high level stream. Um, with those guys out, he's only twenty one percent rostered. And as I said on the waiver wire show earlier today, he was one of the most dropped players on Yahoo, which of course makes absolutely no sense. Let's go through the games. What's on my radar? The Clippers and the Pacers. I want to see if there's any. Am I just wrong? Like why are why are people holding Russell Westbrook seventy eight percent rostered? They're better when he plays under 20 minutes. He's playing under 20 minutes. They're playing well. There's zero reason for Russell Westbrook to be rostered. Get that garbage out of here. You're right, Jack. There's absolutely none. But let's see if something's different. For the paces, Bud Heald has struggled. And in shallow leagues, we can jack him as well. And in points leagues, absolutely. I, it's just not enough there. It's too... When these guys, they'll have the good game and they have the bad game. They have the good game, they have the bad game. Like most of the time, that's just not worth holding onto. When if you use that spot to stream, you might get five or six games out of that roster spot versus two good ones, two bad ones. That's sort of my thought on like the Grimeses and the Quickly's, Or Grimes are hard or quickly in New York or Kevin Herder in Sacramento. You get a good game, but then you get two bad ones, and then I've just burnt a roster spot on nothing. Like There's no point in that stuff, and that's sort of where I'm leaning with, with heel at the moment. In terms of streams for the Clippers, Norman Powell is someone I do want to watch because he's one of those guys that can be in and off rosters. And then if Halliburton is out, then we are going super hard on TJ McConnell. The other guy there to watch is Isaiah Jackson, who's played 20 minutes in each of the last two games. I honestly don't know what to do with Jackson moving forward because Jalen Smith might come back this week. Does that mean that we're going to be... like? We'll, it's a similar discussion to Goga Badadze in Orlando. Do they play three centers a night? Sometimes they do if Turner gets into foul trouble. Do they keep Jackson over Smith? I don't know. I would. I think Jackson's a significantly better player than Smith, but I don't know. And that leads to problems when you're trying to get excited or or plan for this stuff. In terms of the next one, it is the Houston Rockets and the Cavs. The Rockets are on a back-to-back, but we're always just wanting to watch. Can Jalen Green show us something that's a positive? Because it hasn't been great. And then for the Cavs, Karis Levert did not play a huge amount last game. They limited his minutes despite him playing 10 minutes more the game before when Garland was healthy. Again, coaches, they don't always make sense. I need one of those crazy-like sound ups. Crazy. Um, Karis Levert, yeah, he still should be rostered, but let's see how they utilize him. In terms of streams, it is Dylan Brooksy Brooks. is a good option there. And then Levert, he's a stream of obviously a guy to add, but otherwise, I would prefer Okoro over Wade. I don't really think that's a 12-team sort of scenario. It's more 14 or 16-team leagues, I think. The Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76ers. I do want to watch Nikola Vucevic because Vuce has been much better with Levine out. And by better, I mean he's getting more usage. But his efficiency is still bad. And theres I don't know if there is a larger disconnect with any other player than Vuce in the NBA at the moment in this regard. Like fantasy managers will be like, well, Vuce is still really solid. Yeah, I think he's going to get better. He'll be a top 50 player. Um, He just gives you the same stuff all the time. Whereas a lot of people watching the game will go... What's going on with this guy? Like, he's actively hurting them almost every time he's on the court. Um, He'll have some good flashes, but this guy's not a starter anymore. Yeah, I've heard all extremes of this. His efficiency, and this is one of the big concerns we had with Vooch in the offseason, was that he had this huge spike completely away from career norms in efficiency. And my issue with that was like, what if it goes back to normal? And his usage and his age and all that stuff still keeps causing a problem. And it has. It has been better without Levine, but let's see if we get something that makes you think, yeah, he's got a road to recovery, because I, I don't really see it. In terms of streams, Patty Williams was great last game. That's bullshit. Don't look at that as real. But also, he's probably better than an eight-point scorer as well. And the reason you have Williams is minutes. Not as fantasy category, but a good good corollary number. Steals, blocks, some rebounds, and threes. Good three-point shooter has been for like three years as well. And Nico Batum is always the guy that pops off for Philly. Maybe this is a game that the... Um, the Sixers are able to play their guys into the fourth quarter and we watch to see how they use Batum and Oubre and Melton, of course, in that scenario. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Miami Heat. For the Wolves, I want to watch the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed. He's playing alongside Gobert and Cat at times. He's shooting the lights out. He's getting a ton of run and we don't know whether Jaden McDaniels is going to be available. At some point, I do think the Reed bubble is going to burst, but like he's putting up the big numbers at the moment, He's a key part of what they're doing. So go with it. In terms of the heat, I do want to see Jimmy Butler, who let's see what happens with Bam and Hero back. He's been sort of weird this season. There's been like dips in assists and dips in steals and usage and all that sort of stuff. Does he take the foot off a little bit when these guys return? I'm just interested to see what happens. In terms of streams, Kyle Anderson on the Wolves, but I'm not super high there. And then for um, Miami, it is probably Caleb Martin, but we are in weird territory because... The Kevin Love stream probably dies here with Bam back. Martin, does he keep starting? I would guess so. What happens with Huckers? What happens with Richardson? What happens with Duncan Robinson? Does Hero start at point guard and Robinson stay starting? I would guess yes. Um, and how does it all play out? We've got so much to watch with that game, And the rotation, and it's still, it's going to be annoying because we're going to look at it and go, yeah, but then Kyle is going to come back. And it still doesn't tell us everything, which is frustrating. The Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors. Miles Bridges was... One of the worst games you've ever seen last time they played. I think it was the third worst plus minus in NBA history, minus 56. And to say that he has been, I don't know, bad is not the right word. But I know there were people who were like, man, LaMelo's out. Miles is going to go through the roof. He's gotten way worse. And I think this shows some of the limitations of Miles Bridges. We know his limitations as a person. Shit bloke. But as a basketball player, he seems highly dependent. Without LaMelo feeding him, he's just nothing. His usage doesn't change. His efficiency goes down. And he has, from that little top 20 run to start the season, he's pushed back into the 60s or 70s, which is probably more realistic as we move forward. But let's, can he, because that was shocking. Does he do better? I guess so. For the Jedi, ojenobi on on Toronto, I am, I'm giving up a level of hope here. I never had the hope that he would lead the league in steals again. You know my theory on it, right? Steals, highly variable year on year. The guys who were top at the of the league the year before, don't expect them to be in the same position the year after. They can still be good but the first guy might be 10th. The other thing that has been disappointing is the the real lack of usage and the bad shooting. I'm not saying that OG is a drop, but I'm losing some faith. In terms of streams, Big Dick Nick is the best one on the board, I think. And then Precious Atchua has probably, to me, overtaken Gary Trent. That's not saying that uh, Achua is good. It's saying Trent is bad for the most part. Detroit and Atlanta. What do we do with Jim Wiseman? Because Wiseman's last two games have been very good. But if Isaiah Stewart plays, does Wiseman get the backup run over Bagley? Do they start Wiseman over Stewart? If they start Wiseman over Stewart, I will be laughing, celebrating, and kicking myself at the same time. Because I don't think Isaiah Stewart's a starter. I don't think James Wiseman's a good player. But prioritizing to start Wiseman and benching Stewart, it's like, I think both of them are wrong. Well, that's not true. I think both of them shouldn't start. You should just go four on five, maybe. I don't know. But... Or does Wiseman play 10 minutes and Bagley and Stewart get the run? Or do they do the dumb thing and start Wiseman and Stewart together and bench Assar? I will lose my mind if they do it. But there is so much that surrounds Jim Wiseman here and how this rotation looks. For the Hawks, I do want to see DeJounte Murray because, again, if we want to highlight what mid has been in fantasy, it's probably him. A couple of real blow-up games, but nearly all of them come when Trey Young is out. And otherwise, he's just been like like the 50-55th best player he... his assists and rebounds are well down. He's been okay. He's had some shooting woes. I, I, he just feels like he's almost an afterthought. Nearly every game, still solid enough. Still a fourth, fifth round sort of player. But like, I want to see something. I want to see some spark happen. It hasn't really happened. In terms of streaming, Jaden Ivy, I think, but that could easily be Wiseman as the guy we looked there. And then for the Hawks, DeAndre Hunter is available now in over 50% of leagues. He would be the guy that I'd go back to grab. I don't love him long-term, very obviously, um, but for now, he's worth um, streaming in while Jalen Johnson is out. Next, we go to Memphis and OKC. I do just want to always be keeping some sort of an eye on Santi Aldama. I do like Aldama. As a player, I think he's useful enough. I think he's relatively limited, though. Um, and the, he just he's one of those guys that and it makes me feel like I'm hating on the guy when I'm not but it, oh my baby you think I am but I hear a lot of people talk about him and they go yeah he's he's awesome he's he's great season um, yeah he'll probably just start when Jar comes back and Jarron will be at center and I'm, I'm I just I still don't buy it at all and I just don't see what people are seeing from Aldama I think people have got a very different view of what he is I've heard people say they'll they'll start Aldama so that means Jarron could go play out on the perimeter so Santi's got in the rim I just, I, 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 I don't get it. I like him, but some of the things that get said about him confuses me to no end. For the Thunder, that's Pig Williams. Because last game, Pig Williams started the second half over Josh Giddy who got benched. I think that we can, I can't make those jokes. I think that we can jack off Josh Giddy. Get that garbage out of here! Because he's just bad. Like, he's just playing really, really poorly. And the Thunder basically bench him every single game. So, yeah. Look, that would depend on who I'm adding, but I think he can go. Do they do anything here more with Pig Williams? I don't think you need to get excited about Jalen, but I don't know. In terms of streams, Vince Williams, available everywhere. And then for the Thunder, Lou Dort is, you know, we know what Lou Dort is. He's a streamer who we definitely don't want to just have plastered onto our roster. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers, they stay absolutely roasting on FanJul. They've turned the thermostat up to what's a hot number in Fahrenheit? 120 gallons per inch? That sounds about right. That's how hot these offers are. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. So if your team wins, you get $150 in the bonus bets, and then you can get those old bonus bits and you can have a look at everything else that fanjuel has got to offer. They throw the parlays out there. Same game parlays. The uh, the SGPs. That's what we call it. Yeah, the SGP. Um, we call them the SGMs over here because we call them multis and not parlays. You don't care, do you? But that's fine because you've got spreads. You've got totals. You've got um, straight ups. You've got uh, futures. And of course, props. Player props. fanduel has got it all. So go to fanduelcom slash locked on and get ready To wrap up the NFL season, Fangio is actually an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. So what game are we looking at next? After Memphis OKC, we're heading into Dallas and Denver. Timothy Hardaway has been an interesting player. He's one of those guys like Leaky Beasley who gets red hot and then goes ice cold. But when he gets the extra minutes with Kyrie out and Josh Green out, You can deal with the coldness more. It's when he's playing 29 minutes a night that you go, I can't deal with this shit. But if he's playing 35, then you do. And you do roster him. And he's available in a lot of spots. And he shouldn't be. In terms of the Nuggets, I want to watch Peyton Watson. Is he going to impact your fantasy team this season? Probably not. But after a slow start to the season and a a bit where he dropped out of the rotation, he's back. He's playing well. And this is more catered to Dynasty, guys. I, I think he's a future starter in the NBA with few, with top 100, top 90 long-term fantasy value. In terms of streams, I'm looking at Dante Exum for Dallas. Uh, Derek Jones is on that list as well. And Reggie Jackson for Denver. KCP's the question mark. If KCP is out, Reggie Jackson's value does push, even though they start Justin Holiday and he's not good enough for us to care about. Brooklyn and Utah. Cam Johnson has been more down than up he's starting to show some signs and he's like, at the moment, I feel like he's a two steps forward or a one and a half steps forward, one step backwards sort of a player. If he gets dropped, you immediately grab him. But I just want to see him do a little bit more defensively or get a little bit more involved offensively. Now, I think, and I'm working on a theory, haven't beta tested it or anything, but I think in the games where Cam Thomas gets hot, Johnson just sort of floats around and does nothing because we know how Cam Thomas rolls. If the shots go in, you're never getting the ball out of his hands. If the shots miss, well, you're never getting the ball out of his hands. Maybe it's a little bit easier because he sits on the bench more. So I need to see this, but like maybe someone can write, hey, if any of you guys have got some skills, check out what Cam Johnson's numbers look like in games where Thomas is 50% higher shooting or 40% or below or whatever. Let's see if there's a difference. I reckon there would be, regardless. We're watching Cam Johnson. And for the Jazz, we're watching Colin Sexton, who will start again, I imagine, with Jordan Clarkson out. He's putting up really strong numbers. He is, despite... The idea that he's a chucker, he's, he's, and has been for years, a quite efficient player. The problem has been a piss poor rebounder, passer, and defensive player. But the passing's up at the moment, and he is a, a guy to grab for now and, and use. In terms of streams, o- O'Neal or Finney-Smith are probably the guys we look at there in Brooklyn. And then for the Jazz, I don't know, do they start Kessler? Do they start Linux? Does Collins play? Their whole rotation, much like Memphis, is a complete mess, night on night. It is really hard to get excited about much. But Olinik is probably the guy that we look to stream for value right now. Washington and Sacramento is the next one. The Wizards are on a back-to-back. They play on, or they're playing on Sunday. So for the Kings, we want to watch Keegan Murray. And allow me to just go off track slightly here. It is going to seem like I'm a hater, but just be, be aware of what I'm going to say here. Keegan Murray was unbelievable yesterday. That's one of the best performances you will see this season. 47 points, 12 threes, 80% three-point shooting, 11 threes in a row. A fantastic game. But Keegan Murray has been mid all season. He was a 30% three-point shooter before yesterday, and his season numbers went up to 35. What I loved about that from Keegan is that one thing we talked about with Murray was, does he have the ability to ramp up? Can he ever do that when Fox and Sabonis are there? The answer to that so far has been no. But Fox was out, and he did. He went crazy. He ramped it up, and that is a super encouraging sign for his future. But I'll also throw this out there. This is more for you in dynasty leagues. The amount of glazing, kids term, I know, kids probably shouldn't use that term, but yeah, the amount of glazing of Keegan Murray on social media at the moment is crazy. Kings fans are super passionate, but as soon as he went crazy, man, he's never getting traded ever. Don't ever bring his name up. This guy, everyone clowning on any take you find about Keegan Murray. I'm sure someone clowned me somewhere about it, which is okay, right? But the thing about Keegan in deeper leagues is he is, like at the moment, year two, 20 games into year two. He is a year older than Alperen Shangun. He's a year older than Anthony Edwards. By the time Shaden Sharp is the same age as Keegan Murray is now, Sharp will be out of his rookie contract and in year five in his second year, in his second contract. Like, that is a gigantic... So that's great from Keegan Murray. But when you're talking about dynasty and selling high, there are guys who are going... Like Shaden Sharp, for example, who was picked at seven in that draft and Murray at four. And I think I'd probably have Sharp over him in a redraft pretty comfortably, even though Sharp struggled last game. You are three years behind here. Like Chet Holmgren's like 20, 21, like two and a half years behind. The amount of players that you can see that are a year plus younger than Murray is crazy. And that's when we're talking dynasty as well. Production's all well and good. It's fine. But there are unbelievable level players and guys with this huge potential that are like are it's going to take four years, three years for them to get to where Murray is right now and that is going to be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how that all develops. So when I say sell high on Murray, and someone left a comment, why would you sell high now, man? He, he looked good. He can improve. He can. But the um, that, that idea, that mentality is why you sell high because people see this and go, man, look at this, unbelievable. What a great game. This guy's going to break the record at some point. He's going to be a multi-time also. Okay, cool. Give me a top 30 player then. I'll take it because there are so many guys that sit there who have got three, four years to get to this age who could just easily be better than what he is now. And again, not to it's, it's it's bad to bring it up, but it is perfect analysis on that highlight real bias and the immediacy bias of stuff when there are just so many other factors that go into it. Flame away. Streams, Bilal on Washington, we love streaming him in. He's a I think he's a must roster at this point. And then the Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy is a really really good stream. That's what he is. He's a stream, not a must roster player for the Kings. Uh, the Knicks and the Lakers, Dante DiVincenzo, he's starting, he has some good games, he has some bad games. I feel better about Dante than I do about quickly and hard at the moment. But I, it's all just about, is there any level of consistency? The answer is probably no. For the Lakers, Torian Prince has also been on a hot streak. I, I really don't buy it. But if Reddish and Vincent are out again, or if Russell's out again... There are a couple more shots to go his way, but he's playing well. In terms of streams, Hartenstein is the guy there. And then Rui Hachimura might be a stream, but again, that bench is so weird in terms of so many guys that could get minutes really at any point. Let's chunk it up. Monday through Friday, there are two quality game days. Three, actually, sorry, my bad. Three. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday and Wednesday, probably not streamable days. So if we're looking ahead for the next five days, what do we do? And this is all the streaming for the week, really, because Saturday's a 13-game day and Sunday's zero. So Grayson and Allen and Eric Gordon. Bradley Beal is out. These guys are going to play Tuesday, Friday, two quality games. They're good value. Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, any of the Spurs guys, two quality games. Bismack Biombo, yes. The Grizzlies have three games. One is on Monday, but Tuesday, Thursday. So Biombo or Vince Williams. I think Biombo is going to continue to start, and I believe they're going to waive uh, Kenneth Lofton. So Biombo's got some value. Kulabali with two games. Brandon Pajemski and all the Warriors. Two quality games in the next five days. Remember, when, when the games take place for the waiver wire level players is more important than the volume of games, especially so in week nine. For 10 team streamers for Monday, if you've got the roster spot, you should be prioritizing Big Dick Nick Richards. He's the one I'll be looking at there. Isaiah Hartenstein after him, Dante Exam, and Yekara Kongwu. Since I did the waiver wire show an hour or so ago, he's dropped from 66 to 65. So people are dropping him. I, okay, cool. I would be adding him. Sadiq Bay. People are dropping him as well. DeAndre Hunter might be returning. It looks like, or oh, he is back. Sorry. um Kapal or Bogdanovich may play. I don't know, but I'd still be rostering them. And then Colin Sexton's an excellent guy, and he's probably someone we'd be adding and holding regardless. All those guys are options in twelves if they're available. And then the next, I do think Vince Williams actually has some really interesting appeal. I'm not super it on it, but he's there. Kali Linick, Bilal, who's got that long-term appeal. Um, Jaden Ivey, who I just, I, I just want them to. Do something better. I had Kevin Love on this list, but of course Bam is back, so I'd take him off that list. And Derek Jones, I'd bump ahead of him. For deeper leagues, we go Nico Batum, TJ McConnell, who becomes a ten-team stream if Halliburton's out, DiVincenzo, Isaiah Jackson. Um, Horton Tucker, who you could even push higher if you're willing to deal with his field goal percentage. And Aaron Neesmith is a deep league stream. And lastly, we go to points leagues. And we do start with Nick Richards. There is Dante Exum, Talon Horton Tucker, Isaiah Hartenstein, Caleb Martin. I do have Kevin Love on that list, but I'm not that interested there in him. Um, Again, given the fact that Bam Adebayo has returned. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget, you can uh, follow this show and you can be a double banger. And if you are here on YouTube, you hit the thumbs up, you hit the subscribe, and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.